Welcome to Decades From Home, a podcast about the weird and wonderful side of living in Germany. I'm Nick Alton of 40percentgerman.com and I'm joined by my co-host Dilly Algema. So, Dilly, how are you? I'm good, but I'm freezing. How are you, Nick? Yeah, you know, I've been feeling the same. Like my office at work, um, I've been avoiding putting the heating on. And it, it's like an icebox. I can't really work in that. I had like numb hands when I was working on them, doing some work on the keyboard, doing some work on the keyboard, doing some work <laughs> on the computer earlier today. So yeah, it's not great, but uh, it's fairly warm in the house. I've got a jumper on, so that's keeping me fairly snug. Okay, I shouldn't complain. I'm in a t-shirt. Well, that's your problem, you know, dress for the weather, right? It is my problem. The staff room at school, uh, that's quite warm and cozy. I have trouble leaving it. <laughs> I think everyone who works in a school has trouble leaving the staff room eventually. You don't want to face those terrifying school kids. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I suppose we better discuss the kind of elephant in the podcast cave, which is Simon's announcement this week. So if you are not following us on Twitter or any of the other socials, you might not realize, but Simon's decided not to uh, continue his involvement with the podcast. Um, He hasn't been on since episode 100, which was about three weeks ago. And yeah, he's for a variety of reasons. I would suggest you go out and have a look at what he's written um i think he's making the right decision it's sad though it's really sad it's very sad um, but the podcast isn't ending of course and um, that's why i've roped in dilly to join me so uh, me and dilly are going to continue the podcast uh, and hopefully change it as well maybe make it a bit different we've got some big ideas between myself dilly and simon the producer uh, and we've been thinking about things we can do to improve and certainly we'd be interested in hearing what you might think about improvements. And definitely if you have a chance, send uh, Simon a message and say how much you've appreciated his, his time on the podcast. I think 100 episodes is a pretty good place to, to end it with, with me and Simon working together. Uh, and I, f- I feel like, as sad as it is, I feel like it's a real accomplishment to have got uh, two years worth of podcasts under our belts. And uh, if we're lucky... He might come back. He's definitely going to come back for our two-year anniversary on episode 104. So maybe we'll talk about it a bit more then. But uh, yeah, if you haven't seen his announcement, go and have a look at it. It's well worth reading. Send him a nice message. Um, yeah. We are very well supported by the nice uh, immigrant community on Twitter. Mm. So uh, we would love to know what you would like to hear on the show, Mm -hmm. what you would like to see, what sort of topics would you like to see us tackle, who do you like best. (laughs) They all all like you, Dilly. They like you best, right? They don't like me. (laughs) And like, I think there was someone last week who said, yay, a Dilly episode. And I was like, they never never say that about me. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, it's a popularity contest. No, I'm leaving. uh, Yeah, my vision and my ideas for the podcast include things like including new contributors and and bringing in people to talk about some specialist topics and we've had a few emails from people suggesting ideas um, but obviously at this present moment we're still in a sort of planning phase but if you've got an idea or there's something that you think would be interesting for the audience to talk about please do uh, do send us a message and, and let us know about it because i'd be interested to uh, talk to you about that Maybe it's a one-off thing. Maybe it's a regular thing. We'll see. So please do uh, um, get us on decadesfromhome at gmail.com. Send us an email and let us know about it. But yeah, uh, moving on to more 
I don't know. Is this a happier topic? I feel like it's not quite a happy topic. The Deutsche Beer Pour Carl, which I do every year, started this week. And I'm pretty sure I've got new grey hairs because of it. Um, I keep forgetting how much bloody work it is to keep up with, especially during the group stages where you have three, I think it's three games a day we're doing, or three fixtures a day. Um, three competitions if you don't know what the beer pour cal is it is um a, yeah it's exactly what the name suggests it is a, a tournament for all the beers in germany and this year we've we've got 32 beers two beers from every state so it is a proper german-wide competition because there's a complaints last year dilly that it was too bavarian of course <laughs> i i can see that these were well-founded complaints uh, just a little bit uh, yeah, so this year it's it's definitely more representative. I think we get a good selection of beers in there, uh, and it goes from strength to strength. But like once we get into the second round, it's fine because you've only got fewer games to deal with. But like for the next two weeks, it's basically every day I'm rushing home from work trying to copy and paste posts that I wrote the night before so that I can upload them and then with an animation and it's just like oh why am I doing why do I do this do you have to drink the beer <laughs> I wish I could but you know some of the beers I can't even get in Bavaria ah. like some of the beers you just couldn't I couldn't get a hold of a lot of them I can things like Astra which is like a Hamburg beer mm-hmm. St. Pauli beer but there's some very niche beers in there that I'm definitely not going to be able to get a hold of okay. uh, so but you were saying before the show you're not a big beer drinker. Not particularly. A friend of mine and I have a tradition where we end up cooking together and we drink the grapefruit beer by Schoeferhofer. I think. If yeah, yeah, I know which one you mean. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I took a can over to give my father. He mm-hmm. did not like it. <laughs> <laughs> it's an acquired taste. It's an acquired sweet taste. I think I've had the non-alcoholic version, which is basically like a, a soft drink, like quite a it sweet is. soft drink. Yeah. But I've not tried the alcohol-infused version. But yeah, I mean, I'm a big, I'm a big beer fan for sure. Uh, I'm not sure if I'm a big beer competition fan. But <laughs> I'm a big beer fan. So during my master's days, we used to drink a lot of Radler, and I felt very German because it was also my first couple of years in Germany. And drinking Radley, it had never occurred to me that you can mix Sprite with beer mm. and uh, or lemonade with beer. Yeah, it's a good combination. I yeah. find it's quite refreshing. I, th- I think the problem with a lot of the beers, and this is something me and Simon have talked about a few times, is the, the, the high percentage means like you can't drink a lot of it. Yeah. Like, I found over the pandemic where I stopped drinking beer and just switched to hard liquor. So I just went straight to whiskey. <laughs> I was like, screw this. this is, I'm, I'm here for the long haul. Uh, but I started like buying lots of different, cause I started like doing cocktails and I started buying lots of different alcohol and you find like, all oh, right, this is, this is the difference. Cause I don't feel like sleepy when I drink a sort of cocktail or something. There's obviously a lot of sugar, but tequila or gin or uh, rum, I feel like quite light. And then I drink a beer and it feels like uh, my head's been wrapped in cotton wool. So it can have that impact where beers can be like nice, but like one or two can still have more of an impact than say a gin and tonic can. That's true. It has a certain weight to it. Right now I have an open bottle of Lilet in Mm. the fridge and I'm really trying to keep away from it because I can just finish it in one go. 
That Lilith's really popular. Like, it's all, there's a lot of advertising. I've not tried it. Is it just like a, is it a mixer or is it a, what, what is it Lilith? It can be a mixer, but you can also drink it as it is. So a friend of right. mine introduced me to it and she made a cocktail out of it. It's the good stuff. It's supposed to be wine with macerated fruit or something. You and your fruit, huh? It's in season. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I had a really weird conversation with my wife because I was saying, like, so we always have this conversation before, in the, the sort of weeks before uh, December begins about Christmas presents. Like, oh, mm-hmm. what, what do you want for Christmas? Yeah. And it's neither of us ever have an, any idea. Yeah. And so I, over the, like the year, I've been collecting like ideas of things I want, mm-hmm. which eventually just turned into a list of alcohol that I want people to buy me, right? <laughs> Because, uh, like, I mean, it, Chris, like, you want people to buy stuff you're probably never going to buy yourself. And, like, socks and pants only go so far. <laughs> and her, all her family always ask her what, what they should get me for, for Christmas or mm-hmm. my birthday. And so I said, oh, you can tell someone to get us a bottle of uh, Patron, which is a Mexican tequila. Mm-hmm. It's really nice as well. But it's, again, something that I probably wouldn't shell out for myself mm-hmm. but i'd happily accept as a gift yeah and it's in the it's in the regions it's in about 40 euros mm. it's in the regions of like gift giving yeah. within our family yeah. and she turned around and went well, i'm not going to tell anyone to buy you alcohol and i was like why not she said well that's not a, that's not a gift and i said it's am I, am I crazy alcohol is a gift right alcohol is a gift i've been given alcohol as gifts and i haven't thrown like stoned their houses or anything <laughs> Yeah, I mean, my wife was really, was really reticent to... Or maybe she doesn't like the alcohol. <laughs> I think that's probably could right. It, could it be like, you know, I can't drink it with you? I can't, I can't drink it and uh, you might get hammered and I don't want that happening either. So I just think she's an enemy of fun. She's a spasbremser, that's what it is. Yeah, that's not what it sounds like, Nick. <laughs> Oh, I'm gonna That's get a slippery slope from Oh yeah, I frequently say quite insulting things about my wife. She doesn't listen, so I mean, more fool her, I guess. Um, <laughs> anyway, the uh, speaking of alcohol, uh, the World Cup started, and I don't know. I, I haven't really talked about the World Cup. My feeling is, I, I don't want to talk about the World Cup unless it's within the frame of like how horrendous it is that we're playing a World Cup in Qatar. Um, I know England had, had won, but I took only a moderate amount of joy from the fact that they won. Mm-hmm. Not as much joy as I took back in uh, 2021 during the uh, European Championships. Mm-hmm. But we came across this quite fun article. And what I liked about it is it's about bars mm. in Berlin that are uh, boycotting the entire World Cup. They're not showing any games. Yes. They're not... Um, taking part they're not putting up any nice bunting outside the front of the bar which a lot of bars do and uh, i was kind of impressed you know because world cups can be a real boon for for pubs right uh, uh, how do you see it do you think this is a good idea do you think maybe they're taking a bit too far i looked at the article and i thought there were some very like some takes that were quite aware so someone mm. had said that it's unacceptable that people are freezing in their apartments due to the energy mm. policy here in Germany while matches are being played in stadiums with artificial cooling. And I completely mm. understand that. I I agree with that quite a bit. I do, though, wonder whether people are having an easier time with boycotting things because the matches are being played in Qatar, mm-hmm. whereas mm-hmm. we don't hear... Uh, of people boycotting things that are from the fancier countries, 
Like, mm-hmm. um, I, I'm sorry to bring up the royal family. That there was a very fancy funeral and a fancy ascension to the throne. And um, so, are you saying then that if the football was, if the matches like there were in the European Championships were played in England, that you think it would be reasonable to boycott that as well? People will still talk about, I think, um, and say, uh, I mean, you know, we can't even feed our kids in schools, and uh, we have so much, uh, so many food banks cropping mm. up. Um, uh, this is a, this is a travesty. It's a tragedy, but it'll still go on. I mean, it still goes on in Qatar as well. But I don't think it would get this amount of. Um, I mean, people have have become very activist. Mm-hmm. It's very easy to speak up against things that are happening in countries uh, that are not popular in the first place. I mean, there was a lot of discussion over the armbands, right? And these one love mm-hmm. armbands that the European teams wanted to use, and then they were told that they would be punished on the field, and then they decided not to use them, and it and it was all a bit of a mess. Didn't look great for anyone involved, particularly. But I would say, I mean, thinking back to the England team in the European Championships, they were they were taking the knee in a sign of um, solidarity with people of colour who were obviously affected by a variety of different issues but mostly it was sort of surrounding certainly the black lives matter movement although there was some realization that they didn't want to tag themselves directly with this particular movement but they wanted to show solidarity with people who were being oppressed and i thought that was quite meaningful to see see it sort of this gesture uh, from the england players and they're still doing it in qatar which is good mm-hmm. but there was also, I mean, Marcus Rashford has mm. been very vocal about uh, free school meals. Yeah. And, and I know Raheem Sterling has, has often come out and spoken about uh, the kind of pressure he feels from the, the media in Britain. I think, I think you're right, you know. I do think it is easier to point at Qatar and go, look at, look at what's going on here. It's horrific. I wonder if how accommodating people would be if they were pointing the finger at a multitude of sins in in the UK. I think you're right. And same with Germany, you know. I mean, we had the NFL recently, and that was also during the... uh, But it was a very early cold spill. And, Mm -hmm. um, I mean, we were not talking about the energy crisis in Germany then. We were not talking about families in poverty, families that would be even more poverty come next year, and the extra uh, heating costs and energy costs... I guess that's the challenge of having such a large middle class in Germany is that you generally it hides a multitude of sins, doesn't it? It hides a lot of things. And a lot of people see the other people in the middle class and, and it ranges not in Britain it's very stark. The differences between upper middle class and lower middle class are like really obvious and from dress to attitude to a lot of things. Whereas it's much more homogenous in Germany and there isn't much um like maybe the size of a car slightly or maybe the size of a house but even then like i live in a very middle class areas and there's a range of middle class but it's not that different from each other and i think it's easy to live in a place like this and look at it and go oh well there isn't any people going hungry there isn't anyone having a hard time or the gymnasium near us doesn't have those problems or the real school near us doesn't have that problems or or, or whatever but it, it does happen and you can see the statistics so it is curious i think it's a lot of it's media perception also sort of fear of the media to a certain extent i wonder how long it is before football players in germany maybe start talking about this bit more there was certainly more vocal like there was more vocal opinion about taking a fucking vaccine than there is about childhood 
uh, poverty or any of that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we had mm. a very famous actors from Tartort and fa- yeah, exactly. Um, breathing into garbage bags and making a spectacle of, of themselves. But no one's talking about this. No one's talking about bad political choices. Yeah, it makes one wonder. I mean, I can understand why. I mean, if I was a celebrity, I'd be reluctant to come out and criticise the government because then it sort of puts you in the frame of, well, if you're not for the government, then are you in the camp of, like, the CDU or even worse, the RFD, who are the, like... I mean, they're not combined opposition, but they're definitely the CDU are stealing the RFD's lunch at every opportunity. So I guess it's then that question of, like, if I'm a celebrity, do I want to spend my the, the capital that I've built up over a career on this particular cause so i can understand why they might have concerns about it but i do think i I think you're so spot on there like how many concerned letters from academics are printed about ukraine or again the example of the actors and 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 covid it's like where's that outpouring for for the people who are really suffering in the country the poverty that's that's felt by a lot of people I think I read some statistic. I could be wrong on this. This is a few years ago. Mm-hmm. I think it's the front page of, of Spiegel and it was talking about there being like over 10 million people in Germany living in poverty mm-hmm. uh, or below the poverty line. And I know the poverty lines are movable depending on which institute is talking about poverty. But mm-hmm. it, it did feel like, well, that's not something that's discussed that much. Yeah. I also think though, like even the institution of the job center and hard sphere that we have in Germany And even the fact that this has gone on for so long, that we've been so punitive against people who already have it bad, and we have been like making them fall into even bigger misery. And the fact that that could survive for so long, I think is also a reflection of how we as Germans have come to view poverty. It's it's like a person's personal moral failing. And I think... The fact that it went on for so long without change mm. also affects how we tend to view people who uh, who can't make it in the system. One of the complaints that was made by critics of this new initiative to change the way benefits are allotted and, and distributed was that it was it was oh well you're just giving people money for nothing same old same old kind of complaint but you shouldn't like allow people who have. Um, uh, who aren't working to earn more than people who are, which isn't really true necessarily. And the, one of the reforms that was or is in process is to make it less painful, mm-hmm. less aggressive. Like the, the sanctions that are placed on people for missing appointments yeah. or doing, um, or people who are sick or unable to go to the job centre, that, that they will be lessened somewhat. Because I don't, I just don't see how it benefits people. Like I really don't see how it benefits people to punish them for, for those kinds of instances. Like we all have complex lives, we all yeah. have problems. Like when I'm late for work and I say, "Oh well, my daughter was sick," my boss will go, "All right, fine." Am I going to get the same kind of treatment at the job centre? Oh, my daughter was sick. Well, that's not our problem. And you can see it happening in those instances where yeah. you're basically telling people, like, you've got to punish them if they don't do what you tell them. I think that is something that, like, treat people with respect and dignity. That's the, that's the way, isn't it? I wonder sometimes whether we had Hartsfield. I think it was Schroeder that uh, that introduced it, right? If I, mm, if I, think so. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. just wonder whether we were always like this, and this is what produced that, or whether 
people who were in power were also able to, were so influential and so powerful that they introduced this idea to the german psyche that dignity has to be earned hard and the the contempt that people have for people mm. who uh, are on job center money and and the idea that it's benefits and i hope people can feel the air quotes i mean it's a chicken and egg thing what came first i think instinctively people don't want to feel like someone's getting something for nothing um or certainly getting something for nothing that they're paying for yeah. and i can understand that and i think as well there's a feeling that again it'd be the same as if you're working in a team of people and you felt like you're the only one doing all the work like no one wants to, wants to feel like a proper mug you know and like be felt like they're someone's um, taking advantage of their decency but i think the media and politicians have a lot to to do with how people perceive those folks on on benefits because it's the way i see it is it's i mean it's fundamental to germany as a whole like the welfare state something that's been going for a very long time uh, certainly since bismarck and it's been a big part of german society uh, what i would say is it's a safety net for all of us but you could think i mean british people would say that it's it's fairness is always a concern of British people, even though they live in an inherently unfair society. Whereas in Germany, you've got the other side of it, which is the propensity for people to tell others what they should or should not be doing yeah. is much more common in Germany. Yeah. So you can see how those cultural elements would would sort of blend quite nicely with a politician or a, a media outlet that wanted to push a narrative that people on benefits were getting something for nothing. Can I share an anecdote here? It was at a church, and uh, we had a, a refugee family, and the church was taking care of the refugee family until their asylum uh, application had gone through or something of the sort. And um, I remember someone giving the lady who was collecting money, She, a friend of mine gave her 50 euros, and then the woman goes, um, oh, but what is it for? And this was uh, close to Christmas. What is it for? I, I don't know, uh, just give it to them and maybe, you know, they can use it for something. Oh, no, you don't want to save whether it's for medicine, uh, for a doctor's appointment. You don't want to specify what it is for? No, no, it's theirs. It's a gift. But, mm. but uh, this, is, this is not acceptable. What if they go and buy chocolate? And this was a family of parents with like small kids. So mm. what if they go and buy chocolate for 50 euros? And the idea that you're, I mean, there's so much at stake when you take charity, when you're taking care of someone, there's, there's so much entitlement attached to that 50 euro note. Mm. And, um, and I remember my friends saying, well, if that's what they want, that's what they should spend it on. And mm. uh, she just said she doesn't want to even like be, she wanted to be anonymous. And uh, that's how it went through. But there was so much uh, discussion, e even in that act of one-off giving. I can understand that governments do things like, I mean, I remember, I don't sure if the, the government still do, does this. They used to do like vouchers for, for certain products, like essentials, that they would be part of the benefits. And I remember working in checkouts and getting like milk tokens mm -hmm. and stuff like that. But we were always told, again, oh, I'll be careful because people will try and buy cigarettes with milk tokens. And I'm like, yeah, like only the most desperate people in the entire world because it never really happened. I never really got that situation where someone yeah. tried to buy something other. And it's like, well, you're actively removing a person's agency 
Yeah. And by saying yeah. you're poor or you're in need of help, you no longer have agency and therefore you are just a helpless entity that we will dictate how you should, you have should the basics, act. milk and sugar and that sort of kind of thing. Yeah, and, and it's like, why the fuck shouldn't you be able to have a chocolate bar yeah. if that's what you want to have? You're still allowed to make your own decisions. But I do think a lot of people get a, a large sense of of almost satisfaction out of being able they to want to make it seem to like people. a teaching moment but that isn't what oh, it yeah. is i remember like giving someone like i think it was a um an unhoused person and like something small and then someone commented saying he's just going to use it on alcohol and i was like it's mm-hmm. a in the, it's in the middle of winter and if i was on the street i would also be drinking alcohol why shouldn't he yeah yeah I think when it comes to addiction, things could do get a bit murkier, mm-hmm. and I can understand why. But again, it's kind of that from thing time of to time. well, I mean, I I remember like it's something that happens quite often in in Newcastle is is you'll see homeless people on the street and you give people money, mm-hmm. and like so, so it depends. Like well, I don't really see it that that many kind of homeless people in in, in Augsburg. It's a very affluent place, but what I'd usually do in in Newcastle was I'd sometimes I'd just give them the money yeah. and like it's fine and other times like I'd walk past and go are you hungry yeah. and they'd be like aye and I'm like do you want like a cup of coffee and a sandwich mm. and that and they'd be like oh yeah please and then go and do that but I'd still end up giving them a fiver or something yeah. and whatever they do with that fiver is entirely on them but yeah. like I think making human beings feel like they're human is always a yeah. positive thing yeah. like dehumanising people I think is, is really the wrong way to do, go about um, okay, let's talk about Christmas markets. Christmas markets. I feel like Scrooge. I feel like bloody Scrooge. Yeah, well, yeah, we can have some of this. I enjoy this festive cheer. Um, jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle bells. Yeah, that's how I'm going to sing it. No. Um, yeah, let's try. I'm trying to think of a good song. I don't know. I kind of want to say ho, 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 but that's I again, don't think I'm going to I'm not, I'm not going to sing anything. It's the return of the Christmas markets uh, this year. It uh, is. After two years of cancellations and general depression with the, the lack of Christmas markets, we've now got them coming back uh, at full pace. The Augsburg Christmas market opened yesterday. I think the Munich ones opened yesterday as well. So there's a few places around here where the Christmas markets are at, at full whip. Uh, and that's, for me, just great news i'm really happy i'm very excited Uh, i am a little nervous obviously Mm -hmm. coming back into these big crowded spaces how are you feeling about the return of the christmas markets dilly um i i'm amused and (laughs) (laughs) from a distance i might be accepting invitations that i will cancel at the last minute because that is how i roll uh, because i don't want to be rude to people nick um you know, if we think long and hard, we could complain about anything, and that is where I am with Christmas markets. I hate to. That's the German way, though. <laughs> think very long and hard, and then complain about everything. So the thing is, I can barely go to a restaurant and come away with my hair smelling of the shampoo. It doesn't. Then it smells of like people's uh, cigarette smoke. And if I go to a Christmas market, it smells of the wood smoke, the wood fire, bratwurst. Mm. It smells of bratwurst. And it's wet. People bring their kids and dogs. Kids and dogs do not like Christmas markets, I think. They cry <laughs> and they bark and they get in the way. I get that. I mean, I'll be honest with you, and this is the truth. If my hair smelled like bratwurst, I'd be really happy. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I mean, make my day. Bring bring out that shampoo, I tell you. I don't think it's long enough for you to smell it. That's the problem. It'd be very hard. I've got very short hair, so it'd be hard for yeah. me to smell it. But I would enjoy I would enjoy it in uh, the, the knowledge that it did. But the winter jackets and everything starts smelling of bratwurst. And then people <laughs> are very mean. It's a Christmas cheer, but people are mean. They, 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 there's no line to the churros. It's just whoever makes eye contact with the person at the counter. That's not yeah. German. Since when is that German? Come on, the lack of queues. That's the most German thing to go in. <laughs> like, no queuing. Just, like, fight your way at the front and hope for the best. That's a very... Uh, and also not caring about the fact that you're pushing in front of other people. Can I talk about how every Christmas market has the same kind of shop? <laughs> yes, you can. You have. I mean, you always have Belgian... Uh, so, Belgian pommes. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know why we have to have Belgian fries. German fries are just as good. It's not as good as the French stuff, but yeah, it goes. <laughs> and then um, there's the roasted almonds of different uh-huh. kinds. Uh-huh. You have the cookie cutter shop. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have, uh, well, obviously you have the glue wine. And then someone will say, oh, this one's better than the other one at that end. So there's that competition. You have bratwurst. Then you have a chocolate-coated fruit, which is how most mm-hmm. of us will consume fruity goodness. <laughs> And there's always like one shop that sells uh, Native American knickknacks that are extremely questionable in nature. There is always like a, um, a someone selling dream catchers. There's always yes. a dream catcher what stand. What is yeah. with that? I don't know. It's the sort of esoteric spiritualists, isn't it? It's like the the people it's who go to the spiritualism. But yeah, but you know, there's like that big movement of of people in Germany who who like all those natural remedies and then go to the doctor and get. Uh, homeopathic remedies and stuff like that these are the kind of people who see me and go namaste (laughs) oh honestly oh that's so cringy fuck off do people actually do people actually say namaste to you fuck me honestly that's like saying ni hao to somebody who who looks like they're from china you know like it's fucking ridiculous you know they've like they had a transit flight somewhere in india for three days or something and then it's all they go barefoot walking all over frankfurt and saying namaste to anyone who looks like me. No. <laughs> These are just, the dream catcher people. Do you say, do they say namaste? You just go, fuck off. <laughs> I love that image. Ah. Oh. Go fucking namaste to you too. Yeah, yeah, fucking namaste to you too, you bellend. What is with dream catchers and Christmas? Why do they have to sell dream catchers? I think it's, I think you're right to a certain extent that, that a lot of these markets do sell the same old shite. You know what I would like to see, Nick, at a Christmas market? I'd like to have like games, like, you know, like like a coconut shy or or like, you know, with right, arrows and like you a pick something and then you get to keep the soft yeah. toy and then you fall in love yeah, with yeah. someone, you know, that sort of Christmas. Right? People are just, you buy some glue wine, you burn your tongue with the first sip. Mm. And the second is too cold. And you have to drink blue wine out of these mugs that are shaped like a boot? Why? Yeah, because uh, sadism, I guess. <laughs> um, I, I, although I agree with a lot of what you have to say. I sense a I butt will... coming. Oh, there's always a butt with me. Um, I, I, I fucking love Christmas markets. I love the lights. I love the food. I love the smells, especially when my hair smells like breakfast. 
I like the market stands. I don't generally buy anything. The only thing I ever really buy from a market stand is occasional Christmas decorations because, um, as you'll find out in December, Dilly, I am the Lord of Christmas. So, um, oh, the, boy. oh, yeah, like Christmas is my season. Uh, so I'll buy maybe some decorations. What I really like are those like porcelain pottery kind of houses that you can put uh, tea lights oh, yeah. in yeah that's I've got, cute I've, and they light up i've got a wicked collection of those oh do you have yeah. a village yeah almost i'm on the way i've got a i've got a rat house i've got a, a boot maker and i've got a couple Did of houses you say rat house rat, uh, rat house as in rat house as in town hall ah, rat house <laughs> jesus christ your accent you just said rat house <laughs> it's a rat house what do you want me to call it i'm gonna call it anything but rat, rat house, house. I know, in fairness, I dropped the T because I'm speaking English. So, ich habe ein Rathaus. <laughs> es ist besser, oder? Besser für dich. To me live. Is it Rathaus or it's, Rathaus? This could be a Twitter poll. No, because no, no, then it, there would just be, if I say it in a majority, it would be rat, Rathaus, Rathaus. Like, you can imagine what happens when I order a latte macchiato. <laughs> latte macchiato. <laughs> Um, yeah, enough of my, enough of making fun of my dialect. Um, yeah, the, the like, I have a collection of these houses. I have a uh, rat house and uh, some other nice bits. And and I really, that's the only stuff I'm buying. But I love the food. And I think for me, right, it's knowing what you like and just getting that and then getting out. Like, go for an hour, fine, and then leave. Um, there's some people who go for like four hours. And I just have no time for that, to be honest. What food do you have? You have bratwurst, you have churros, you have chocolate-covered um, food. Yeah, of course, feuerwehrwurst. So these long, the long spicy sausages yeah. that are in like a, a French baguette. Yeah. That's what I always go for. That's my, my premium. Okay. Anything that's got like spicy element. Yeah. At, at a pinch, I'll just have a bratwurst, mm. but maybe I'll have both. Who knows? So I usually have something like okay. that. Okay. Um, my wife likes the, the uh, sous-mandel. So she'll get some of those. Mm -hmm. And then they were pretty much done after that point. And I think with our daughter, it's a chance to sort of, she likes it, you know, yeah. she likes all the to and fro in. But um, I do think you need like a, a sort of survival guide to, <laughs> to get through the Christmas market. So I thought we'd run through maybe our top tips. We will run for, through our top tips. Yeah, top tips for the Christmas market. Yes. So um, my number one top tip is, Decent pair of shoes. I can't believe I'm saying it, but it's a decent pair of shoes. It's really key. To walk over the wood chips, the wet wood chips. Well, it gets cold, right? And yeah. it's certainly, if it's if it gets colder, as it, as it potentially looks like it might, having a good, sensible pair of shoes, like decent decent soles on them, don't wear, wear trainers, because if you're going to be there for any length of time, you can get cold real fast. Yeah. Can I say tip number two? Yeah, what's your top tip? Don't wear your Sunday best to the Christmas market. Oh, no, you do not want to not. wear your Sunday best to the Christmas market, which will then smell of bratwurst and pommes, and there'll be the lingering smells of dodgily spiced glue wine. Uh, or you'll get someone, it'll turn around and spill something on you, or you'll get mustard on you somewhere. That's happened to me. You've got mustard on my coat from some drunken person with a bratwurst, so you definitely want to avoid that. My other tip is, um, and this, this works in the US, and it works in Christmas markets in Germany, Buy your first drink from the stand, and if they have a tip cup, make very clear that you're tipping into that tip cup. And I swear to God, you will not have any worries getting served ever again. 
not a problem. I'll bang in two euros the first two times I order because I drink quite a lot. So I'll have two drinks to my wife's one. And I always put money in and you always get, you always get served because it's just the way it works. And frankly, working on a Christmas market is a thankless job in itself. Yeah. It's really hard. Yeah. People complain about German customer service because there's always has to be something to complain about, right? But I totally accept people being pissy at the Christmas markets, the people who work there. And I think if you can just, it doesn't always work. I've put two euros in the tip cup and the person's still been a, a bit of an asshole. But um, more often it works than not. So uh, that would be my suggestion is uh, is tip, tip well and make sure you're seen to be tipping well and the people will uh, the people working behind the counter will appreciate it for mm-hmm. sure. Um, I like to have my hands free so that I can mm-hmm. keep them in my pockets and keep them warm. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't carry like handbags. I would carry like a sling, side slingy purse or have some mm-hmm. like my cash in my pockets. From mm-hmm. that way I can keep my hands in my pockets. Do you not have one of those pocket warmers? Ooh, nice. Well, I was going to say, now, now I know what I'm getting you for Christmas. Do they have it for toys? I guess. Can you not get, like, warmer socks that you put in the microwave and you then put them on and they stay warm? I'm sure that's a thing. It is a thing I'm now. sure that's a thing. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Okay, thanks if, for if that. It's not, if it's not trademark and I'm going to invent it. Uh, for tip five, my advice is don't order anything with cream because there's a lot of drinks that you can order that all have cream in them. And I find that they're like, like we're, like um, sana. So like, or they'll be like schlagsan, because I I find it tends to make the whole process of drinking more than one quite difficult. I think alcohol and cream should be avoided at any opportunity. Are you an anti Bailey's uh, campaigner? Yeah, <laughs> no, I'm not totally anti Bailey's, but I'm certainly of the opinion that one is enough. Don't don't overdo it because. Because the cream can have adverse effects, especially if you intend on mixing your drinks. How adverse? Um, I would say you can be quite sick on it. I'd say that you get like a layer of cream sitting on the all the alcohol in your stomach, and that's never a good place to be. But in. doesn't the cream help the body to not absorb the alcohol too quickly? But you, I have absolutely no idea. You maybe know more than I do about it, but I suspect not. <laughs> I suspect, I suspect also not. <laughs> All right. Well, to the books. No, um, I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe you're right. All I would say is that, like, I've never had a particularly good experience when I've had cream in all my drinks, um, especially whipped cream. Uh, but you try it. You tell me. Send me an email. Decadesfromhome at gmail.com. Let me know how that goes for you. But, yeah, I guess those those are our top tips, right? They, I they think that's are, pretty good set selection of tips. They were our top tips. Um, I've got a, an addendum. Yes. I, I would say um, always go with the drink with amaretto in it. You can never go wrong. And any drink that's got amaretto in it is always a good, a good choice. Ah, sort of I only liqueur. know it in tiramisu. I mean, it works in tiramisu too, but this, this still functions. So it's definitely one of the uh, one of the highlights. Anything with with that in it, I'd go for. So yeah, go forth, enjoy the Christmas market. Or Tell not. us all about it. <laughs> oh yeah, or not, as the case may be. <laughs> I, I should um, um, I should say though I said they are dodgily spiced. They are not. Glue is quite nice. It's nice and warming, and you can even like inhale the alcohol that's like smoking away. Yeah, I'd I'd still choose anything with amaretto because that's the right way to do this. <laughs> <laughs> If anyone was listening to us during the summer, they'll know how much we enjoyed the nine euro uh, rail ticket from Deutsche Bahn. 
uh, it was not just a rail ticket either. It was for all public transport. So you could get city uh, uh, Strassenbahns and and U-Bahns using the same same ticket for an entire month, and only cost us a, a measly nine euros. Well, um, that ticket was up at the end of August, and uh, there's been a lot of negotiation. I think we can safely say over what will replace the nine euro ticket. So popular was it that the government has decided that some kind of replacement ticket would need to be in, uh, introduced. The current discussion is over a 49 euro ticket, which I believe has passed in the Bundestag, but is yet to pass through um, the different lender in Germany, the different states have yet to authorize it. And of course, with anything in Germany, uh, if there's a discussion about money and uh, nationwide uh, plans, Bavaria has popped up its head to say, oh, actually, um, it's quite expensive and uh, maybe we don't want to do it. And I'm just like, <laughs> shut up, Bavaria. Like, I live here. Be better at doing good things for people. Um, so the, the current discussion was that a 49 euro ticket would be introduced in the 1st of January, but it's increasingly looking like because of the discussions that it won't be introduced until the spring. Uh, Dilly. What do you think? Are you happy about the 49 euro ticket? Too expensive maybe? Or is it fine? I'm absolutely happy about the 49 euro train ticket. Excellent. Um, as a person who pays 186 euros a month and as a person who is very aware of the discussions and conversations we've had around mm -hmm. how much of a benefit it was for people when we have the 9 euro ticket, I am extremely happy. I remember reading about uh, people who, for the first time in a long time, had active uh, social networks because they could mm -hmm. take trains to see their family and their friends. And this also helped um, settle them. Uh, it had helped with uh, loneliness and depression. And, mm -hmm. and I, I mean, I'm just talking about uh, saving a couple of, a few couple of euros, but I think the benefit of this um, is far greater and I'm very happy for people. I'm, I'm a little sad that this keeps getting pushed forward and mm -hmm. forward. So this, it was supposed to be somewhere around December, then it was early 2023 and now it's mm -hmm. spring. I'm, it just couldn't come sooner for me. And like, I'm, I'm kind of on tent hooks. I take public transport a mm -hmm. lot. And so I saved, I think the public transport for us, the, the ticket's something like 90, 90 euros a month, which is a lot of money mm -hmm. for a month-long ticket. And this would really um, significant impact on my finances per month if you're just pulling back 40 euros or 41 euros as it might be. Um, so I'm yeah i'm i'm annoyed but not surprised like anything in germany it's it's a conversation mm -hmm. right that's the way the federal system works everyone has to agree there has to be some kind of consensus it's only the only thing that annoys me is that there are it does seem like there's point scoring politicians certainly within the csu who are the governing or part of the governing coalition the larger part of the governing coalition in bavaria mm -hmm. who use it as a it's another thing to complain about and they're saying, oh, there isn't enough money. You say you've allotted 3 billion euros, but actually it's more money than that. And, and it, that just seems to go on and on and, and draw out the whole process. And it's like, come on, this is a win, right? It's a win for everyone. More people using public transport yeah. is better for the environment. Yeah. It's better for people's sort of social welfare, yeah. as you've mentioned. Um, it's a good equalizer. 
Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's it's exactly that. It's an equalizer, I think. It gives people a lot more freedom. Yeah. Um and kids. It gives kids I mm-hmm. mean I, I, I know kids who uh who traveled a lot. I mean you would see places. What's wrong with that? Well yeah, I think I think that's one of the the bigger aspects is being able to see the country, being able to see different bits of the country and for social cohesion that's gotta be a positive, right? like that you experience different parts of of germany and what's the best thing about germany is that it's 16 different countries that's the best thing about it the cities are all like very different the cultures are very different in the different states and to see that and enjoy it well how is that a bad thing like for not just for kids but for adults as well and supporting the shops and economies in Mm -hmm. these places that can't be bad Mm -hmm. i guess it's just a, a sort of wait and see thing isn't it i have a suspicion it probably won't be arriving until after easter um not to sound too pessimistic but i do feel like there's still a lot of discussions there's still questions about it at the eu level um how it functions because there's always that question of like where does that fit into the um the eu's understanding of i think it's the i think the thing it falls into some like state aid Mm -hmm. or something like that um i just think there's so many positives to it that if the biggest problem is money, then like it's not really that much of a problem. It's just a matter of getting around the table and discussing it. But as I said, it's it's going to take a bit of time to get to get a handle. Also, the other side of it is it's probably not going to be forty nine euros forever. Yes. Um, it could even change price a few weeks, months after it's introduced because of the way inflation's working yeah. at the moment. Uh, so it could just change price but even if it was 60 euros it would still be cheap at half the price right yeah maybe the difference between 49 and 60 would be that uh, a lot of people will still not be able to afford it but uh, i mean something like the nine euro ticket i mean that's something that is really good that germany came up with and i i hope they can they can branch out and do similar good things and speedily at that i had a conversation with my father-in-law and i get his point and he was saying like well people like you and me nick can afford to pay more for a train mm-hmm. ticket and really the nine euro ticket should only be for people who can't afford it but then like my thought on that was it just becomes another kind of heart's fear right it becomes another like oh you've got the nine euro ticket you have to sit in the nine euro ticket carriage or something like that you could see how quickly it would descend in uh, like your third class the contempt that comes with it yeah because we have a lot of mm. it like it's not often you get a real tangible example of where your tax money is going mm. like yes because people take for granted the police and the streets yeah. and the street lights and all the other little things that are paid yeah. for through your taxes and i think people take all that for granted but then being given a, a cheap rail card yeah. that everyone can use and they'll be able to see it it's tangible that's very true yeah. that's going to get a lot and, of and hate I, yeah. Well, I think it gets. I think that's part of why it gets a lot of hate because it is popular. And I think if it was the CDU doing it and the CDU was doing it under Angela Merkel, then everyone would be would be delighted with it and it would be great. But because it's the coalition, I think there's a lot of deep seated dislike of the coalition for various reasons. Anything Not, progressive? Yeah, I mean, I think part of it is, but it's progressive and and a lot of their ideas are, are, are change orientated. Yeah. And I think there's that scares a lot of people especially large proportion of over 55 year old voters you know and it's easy to rile them yeah i think for young people for students 
I think it just makes a lot more sense instead of having like, here's a special student rail card, here's a special hearts fear card, here's a special kids card. It's like just bang 49 euros, you've got a card and off you go and that's fine. And uh, lots of people can take um, a benefit from it. You don't need any special new documentation. You can get it as a digital ticket and you're away to the races. I always thought the buy-in cart that we have, with it, and other states have similar things where you can travel within buy-in for 25 euros was a great idea. And equally for this, I think it's a fantastic idea. Mm. Uh, the other tangible thing that I thought about was more people on public transport means there might well be more investment in public transport. Yeah, There's more people using yeah. it, seeing where the failings are and complaining about it. Like when my motorists complain, the heavens open and it rains money you know it's like oh you want uh, some money for to lower the price of uh, fuel yeah we'll do that you want us to build more roads yeah we'll do that okay yeah anything you want yeah no problem and as soon as someone on public transport says anything they're like oh well that's just deutsche bahn for you <laughs> yeah and it's like actually if more people saw the kind of shit that deutsche bahn pulls they'd probably be less likely to get away with it yeah i have a soft spot for the deutsche bahn though i have to say I mean, uh, I mean, so at do a, I. At a, at a worker, I mean, I see these agent, that agents every day. I take the train every day. And uh, some of the nicest people who can lighten up my day in Sachsen Anhalt. I had a, a situation on, uh, I was coming back from Simon's a couple of weeks ago. And I got, because there was one weekend, I don't know whether it's special weekends or whatever. I got a buying cart on a Friday. I think it's actually like buy it on a Friday. That must be it. If you buy it on a Friday, it's it's for the entire weekend mm. but i bought mine on a saturday mm. and i was going back on the sunday and i thought it would be cover both days and um i was sitting on the train on the sunday and i showed him my my thing on my phone and he was like oh it's out of date and i was like oh shit are they is this where you find me and i was like is, and i was like oh is it okay if i just buy a new one he's like yeah no problem oh and I said, like, wow, okay. And he came back and checked. Like, he's not an idiot. He came back and was like, did you get one? And I was like, I'm just finishing it now. And he could see us. Like, yeah. I was like putting in my, uh, my information and paying. And he could see that yeah. I paid. And he's like, yeah, I'll take that. Because I had to change at the next station. And But he was really sound about it. And I think most of the time, my experiences with um, the staff on Deutsche yeah. Bahn is pretty solid. But it's the, it's the hierarchy and structure of it. Um, especially when it comes to like, replacement buses and mm. things like that can be a real pain in the ass but again it might improve more people are doing yeah. it and i was quite happy to uh, read that the deutsche bahn allows its staff members to buy any parts of uniforms that they want to wear really so they can just have a mix map yeah, mix yeah. And match. so it's not like the male uniform and, and like the men's and the women's uniform but you can wear whatever it is that you like oh well, that's quite, quite cool a pool of uniform accessories i hope they don't have to pay for their own uniforms though i hope that's deutsche bahn paying for their uniforms mm-hmm. they, um, oh, see now this is so we need some we need a deutsche bahn expert yeah yeah if you're a deutsche bahn expert get, yes get in contact we want to speak to you so delhi what's your favorite soft drink tonic tonic really good choice mm-hmm. yeah uh, it gets rid of the mosquitoes. It does. So I it hear. does. And malaria. Um, and malaria, <laughs> indeed. Um, one of my favourite soft drinks is the lovely Spetsy that originates in Augsburg. Tell me, what is it made of? What is this? It's Coke and orange. It's Coke and mixed orange. Mixed together. Okay. 
It's very, very nice. And Spetsy is something we've talked about in previous episodes because there was recently a very contentious decision made, put down or brought down by a Munich court Mm -hmm. where um, they announced that an agreement between the original makers of Spetsy, the regular Brauerei, had made a deal a few decades ago with the Paulina Brauerei of Munich uh, that Paulina could use the brand name Spetsy. And the court case was over... Um, trademark ownership and the Munich court decided Mm -hmm. that actually Paulina was allowed to continue using the term Spetsy because of the peculiarities of the agreement which had kind of basically they'd signed an agreement that said you have the right to use this name and the ingredients forever signed both parties and uh, Spetsy Regula was trying to get some more money out of Paulina and I thought that was over. That's the end of the story. Regular Spetsy lost their uh, court battle. And actually, no. So this is non-alcoholic, right? It's non-alcoholic, yeah. yeah it's just a soft drink. Yeah. It's a soft drink. That's all it is. And so this actually has changed because there's been, there's been a, quite a big update. Um, regular Spetsy, the, or, um, the origin of the, the, the Spetsy recipe and brand mm-hmm. name, uh, didn't take this decision lying down. And uh, instead of fighting them through the courts, they've done the the kind of what they do in those cowboy movies when the small town is faced with a group of bandits and there's no one who can protect them. And they go out and find like a notorious gunslinger to come and help Mm -hmm. uh, defeat the bandits. Well, um, Regler's basically taken, taken that plot line and turned it into a business plan and they've brought in Krombacher which is one of Germany's largest breweries and Krombacher are releasing Krombacher Spetsy and the, th- that isn't even the most choicest part of this story Krombacher Spetsy will be using the colours of the Paulina Spetsy in their branding okay so they basically brought in a much larger brewery to create the same product that will hopefully put pressure on Paulina as a company uh, so it's quite it's quite underhanded in a lot of different ways but I'll tell you now the Kronbacher Spetsy bottle looks amazing the label looks beautiful it looks like it's ripped right <laughs> out of the 70s it's one of the most beautiful things and it's using the uh, Paulina Spetsy color scheme of purple red slightly lighter red uh, is it a pink maybe orange and yellow uh, so it's already some quite impressive color choices you're very invested in this. I fucking love Spetsy. Oh, what's in it for you, Nick? Oh, absolutely nothing. More Spetsy for me. I love it. I love it so much. It's one of my favorite things. I really, really enjoy it. I don't drink a lot of soft drinks, a lot of sh- uh, sugary mm-hmm. drinks, but um, Spetsy's the one um, my brother-in-law and I uh, basically Bond built. over. We refurbished the, the whole of my house based over two weeks, and the only thing powering it was Spetsy. You bonded over it. Yeah, yeah. Aww. It was like we bought whole crates of it and we were just <laughs> necking it and hammering floors and fixing bits. Oh, and sure, sure, with. Nick. Hammering floors. Yeah, I was saying. I what think you, you bonded with your brother-in-law. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Shut up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but the um, the uh, the boss of the regular Brau in Augsburg, Sebastian Puller Regler, was interviewed by Augs- the Augsburg Allgemeiner and uh, they, they said that uh, that Kronbacher is an alliance partner uh, and that he'd been looking to work with them for a long time and uh, he's uh, found their support 
to compete with Paulina. Uh, and he also mentioned that the des- design of the new bottles for Kronbacher also reinforced the challenge to the competition. Um, the modern and lively design appearance of the Kronbacher Spezi version is strongly rem- reminiscent of the design of the Paulina brewery. He, that's a really nice way of saying we ripped them off and we don't care. It's very Nina Nina. Yeah, yeah, it is very Nina Nina. I, I like this sense of competition. Oh, I love it. I love it. I'm really excited. I'm looking now to see what what the the balls in Pauline is caught now. They're going to have to make some big decisions. But in the spring of 2023, we'll be able to get our hands on the new Kronbacher Spezi. And I think I'll be the first in the line. I'll be the one there uh, waiting to get... With your (laughs) brother-in-law. Shut up. Servus, Leute. And bye. So this brings us to the end of the show. And we are going to buy all the Spätze we can drink. But yeah, none of that Paulian schmuck. Yeah, exactly. Dump it out in the uh, in the in the drains. That's that's a waste of spetsy. That's a waste of spetsy. <laughs> Just give it to someone. Uh, if you're enjoying the podcast, why not give us a rating on iTunes, which only takes a minute, and you can really help us. We're also seeking, as ever, lots and lots of Spotify stars. So chuck some of them in our direction please 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 it really really helps us uh helps us grow the show if if you want any better reason to do this i was approached by a student only yesterday who said nick do you have a podcast and i was like sheepishly said yeah and she said oh i found it because it was recommended to me on spotify that's you listener that's you getting me recommendations and dilly recommendations and simon the producer recommendations so do it come on help us out you can retweet us, share a link, or post with the hashtag Decades From Home, or lowercase, on Twitter or Instagram. You can also support the podcast by going to ko-fi.com slash Decades From Home and contributing to keep us all stocked up with Spetsy. As ever, if you have any questions, feedback, or maybe an article or topic you'd like us to cover, you can tweet Dilly on at Delini Algama, and you can tweet me at 40% German. You can also get us on decadesfromhome at gmail.com. If you have time, take a look at 40%german.com. Weekly articles are up every Saturday. All that's left to say is thanks, and bis zum nächsten Mal. Tschüss! Tschüss!